Good evening, everyone, and uh, <clears throat> welcome to my podcast, Heavenly and Places. I'm your host. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to um, the podcast. I'm your host, Jameer, of uh, Heavenly Places. I hope your week is uh, going blessed. <clears throat> now, I'd like to thank Dorothy for having me on this evening, and let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, and mercy. We thank you, Father, uh, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you for salvation, Father. Um, we thank you, Father, because you're just you're just a good a good Father, and we don't deserve your goodness, Father, but you love us, Father. Um, Father, help us help me this evening, Father. Help the listeners this evening, Father, Lord, that. Uh, Get what you want them to have out of out of this teaching. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. All right, everyone. You know, uh, this this uh, past week, I was actually I've been thinking about this this uh, topic actually for um, probably longer than the past week, uh, but mainly because I'm. <laughs> I'm watching the news and it's in it's in the news um uh, constantly and that is the uh movement of the um American embassy to Jerusalem. And there's a few scriptures I wanted to share with you about that and I I really don't want to talk focus on the um political part aspect of it, though that there's some things you can talk about and discuss and there actually I wanna look at it uh from another angle um, of that, of a, of a basically what what does this mean for us over here in uh, America and just believers, those who serve the Lord throughout the world, what what does that mean? Um, and a lot of people are, um, especially believers, Christians, they're excited and you may see different YouTube or teachings on television or internet about this is uh, something very significant. And uh, I was searching through the scripture and, and wondering, okay, well, what, what's so significant about uh, the embassy being moved from uh, one city to another city? And and uh, two of the scriptures, or probably some uh, ones you have heard before, is uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 11 through 12. And also Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. And I would like to read both of those to you. Um, And I'll start off with Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11. And it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria and Egypt and Parthos and Cush, from Elam, from Shinar and from Hanther and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up, <clears throat> he shall shut up and assign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Okay. So with this scripture right here, a lot of people, what it is is uh, we see our Father. He's 
he's gathering all the people, um, the, the the children of Israel, and it, basically what it's saying is the children of Israel, they, they're basically in all the different nations of the world today. So some over here in America, some in China, some in Africa, some in Europe. Um, but it's talking about him drawing all these people from these uh, different nations, or basically from the four corners of the earth, back to uh, Judah, you know. And I guess the big question or uh, significance is, uh, okay, that they're putting this uh, capital or embassy in, in Jerusalem, but what does that have to do with this uh, particular, actually this is a prophecy in the Old Testament about the people being uh, gathered together because actually if you uh, pay attention to the people from different nations have already been coming back home to um, the Judah or to, to uh, Israel, you know, <clears throat> but that kind of sets up for this next scripture I want to give you, which is uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse one through 14. And actually at first I just wanted to take a little bit out of it, but actually um, I thought it would be um, significant to read the whole scripture, the whole passage in uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 14. Um, this is uh, the dry bones scripture. You may have heard many, many sermons on it, many messages on it. Um, and I believe all, or I haven't heard a lot of them, but some of the messages that I've, I've heard on that, which they don't talk really focus on the nation of Israel, but they're actually using that to apply to, to our lives. Um, and actually, let me go ahead and read the scripture. Ezekiel chapter 37. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and will cover your skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. I'm sorry, a noise, a rattling appeared on them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, "Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says: Come, breathe for the four winds, and breathe into the slain, they may live." So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. And then he said it to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They are the bones. <clears throat> they, <clears throat> they say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, 
my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am Lord when I open the graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will <clears throat> I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know I, the Lord, has spoken, and I have done it for you, declares the Lord. So that's Ezekiel chapter 37, verses uh, 1 through 14. And uh, you may have heard, um, as you are in your worship service, a different telling of that story or a, a different interpretation, basically about encouraging you as a, a believer that God can speak life into your situation or circumstance, and he can raise that dead situation no no matter what you may be facing, whether it be health, sickness, um, finances, relationship, um something in your career, um, a, a house situation, like you you might be able to lose, be losing your house. And so you might have different ministers and preachers that um, would use that passage for that. And I believe it can be used for that also, but I, I believe it also more directly is referring to what we're seeing going on now today, and it has actually been going on for many years because it says, the dry bones in uh, verse 11, um, hold up, the, the dry bones, yes, the dry bones are is basically their hope is gone and we are cut off. And that's saying basically two different things. Number one, that the people, of course, don't have no hope. And then also uh, the second part is that we are cut off, meaning they, they are away from the land. Um, but we see that, uh, that the people right now are being drawn back to the uh, land of Israel. We have many ministries that are, are bringing people over from the various nations. And then just the Holy Spirit is leading people individually who who are his people. We we don't know uh from their uh their background, you know, um who they who they are, but they if I was the Holy Spirit, they know who they are. So they're drawing the people over there and that's what this uh Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 11 is saying that basically that uh, and it begins to talk about all these other things happening, not just the bones, but it talks about the skin and all these things are coming back, coming back to life and coming to form. And these are not just the people, but I believe it's also the uh, the actual government or nation um, of Israel that's this, this, uh, coming together, you know, uh, like, for example, when our, 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 um, actually the, uh, many, for many years, I, I can't, I can't remember if it was Clinton or Reagan, but they had actually already approved for, uh, Jerusalem for our embassy to be in Jerusalem. But, uh, the president here, Trump, he's actually the one who, uh, decided to go ahead and make it, make it happen or make it real by moving that in there. So I believe that's the moving of the uh, embassy there is also part of the formation of those dry bones being restored, you know. Um, and what is uh, so significant about that um, is uh, that Israel, uh, they, they even see something in the news and say that or to say that it, 
that Israel, that Jerusalem is the capital, um, actually it was a time where there was no nation of Israel. There, was, there wasn't even a country, you know. Actually, and for it to actually become a country again and all these things that are happening, there's nothing but uh, the hand of our Father moving. Because there have been many, many nations who, uh, though the actual physical country is still there, but they, the nations that have been conquered or destroyed or famine or different things that have hit the nation throughout the uh, centuries where that nation has uh, ceased to exist. In some cases, the land is there and there's no people or, or some whole another um, government occupying that area, you know, and a lot of times that's actually none that I can recall of is where a country that has been conquered and uh, occupied, there might be a handful of them, a handful of them where uh, a country was, uh, or a nation was occupied and conquered and that uh, it never came back into existence. You know, um, I wish I had, I had a list earlier, but also what is a, uh, Whenever a country is uh, conquered, usually, guess what? Um, the culture, the languages, and the beliefs, and all these kind of things, like ruin, ruin, and it's hard to find or whatever. So you got your archaeologists and um, historians, and they're trying to interpret the, the few remaining things that they can find of that nation. But one of the amazing things about Israel is that all a lot of it, is still intact. Um, with our, our Savior Yeshua, um, a lot of the, uh, or actually the scriptures, the scriptures, uh, the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, a lot of the, uh, the traditions of the Jewish people, and uh, or the Hebrew people, however you want to say that, but a lot of their, their traditions are, are still intact. And that's amazing because if a nation has been conquered, a lot of that stuff has been wiped out. It's, it's um, hard to, to pull that back and hard to get that information, especially when it, like Egypt, they have been, I'm pretty sure, conquered a few times, but they still kind of like remain intact and a lot of the information is still there. But there's other countries like that they don't have anything at all, you know. Um, so that that's one of the things that is uh, so significant about uh, what is occurring right now before our eyes, something like uh, the scriptures I gave you earlier in uh, Deuteronomy and uh, this Ezekiel one, those is written thousands and thousands of years ago. <laughs> so that's the other thing that's significant. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't realize, or we do, but we, we don't fathom it, the, the distance in between what was written back then and how much time has passed to what we're experiencing right now. And a lot of people that's running a government over here or over there or the, or the United Nations, they uh, they don't read. <laughs> Unfortunately, many of them, they don't read the scripture. They don't read the Bible. So they're doing all these things not even knowing what uh, these uh, scriptures are saying, you know. So, well, what I what I um, want to actually pull out of it is uh, that this I hear it should be an encouragement to us as believers. Um, 
Actually, let me. I want to go to Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter. Deuteronomy chapter seven. Uh, I'll read Deuteronomy chapter seven, verses seven through nine. And this is basically talking about uh, the nation of Israel and why he, uh, why our father, why he killed them, and because a lot of times I was like, okay, why, why just focus on this nation of Israel because when you look at the size of the nation you know it's not big like Russia or even big like United States of America it doesn't have a lot of the uh, resources that I did the continent like many of the countries that Africa with the diamonds have um, it's um, it's not like Hawaii or or like or some like really nice island and people like to go touring on it, even though they, they do have tours in Israel, but it's it's uh, basically the Middle East, you know, there is in the desert, you know, it's, it's, it's in a desert area. Um, and not just the land, but the people, and this is what this uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 through 9 is talking about. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. It says, the Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other people, for you were fewest of all the people. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery. For the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, Know, know therefore, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commandments. Now, that right there, that last one is a. Uh, it says that He keeps His covenant, and it says that uh, He is faithful, and then it says. For a thousand generations, a thousand generations, you know, um, another thing is so significant is that uh, um, after a certain time pass, we're like, okay, well, I don't got to keep this promise no more. I don't got to keep this. It's like so much time. Who's going to remember? But a lot of us, we wasn't alive over 1,000 years ago. At least uh, I don't believe, I don't believe any of us was alive 1,000 years ago. But because our father, he remembers, he's going to keep his covenant of love or his promises, not because of us remembering it or not, but because of, of him and who he is, you know. Mm. So when we think about that uh, in relationship to scripture, in relationship to Israel, and we always hear about, okay, Israel and Jews, they are God's chosen people, you know. Um, we have the, the realized why they were his chosen people or, or why because why they were his chosen nation. Was it because uh he picked them because they had more money? Or because the land that they had was uh, better or because uh they were more intelligent than everyone else? Or maybe they were more holier than the rest of the nations, you know. But that right there is, is not really the case. I mean they were no better than the people from other lands, you know. Um, they weren't better than 
the Arabs or the Persians or the Asians, the Caucasians, the Africans, or or whatever title ethnicity you want to give, they they wasn't better than any of them. Um, matter of fact, Abraham, who was the father of them all, he until he heard the voice of the father and he told him to get out of that land, the place where he was at, he worshipped idols. Abraham was a uh, idol worshiper. He was he was far away from the father, you know. So that's one of the actually that the scripture says because of his promises he made to his ancestors. One of the ancestors they were talking about was uh, Abraham, you know. Um, so this is basically this is why we can have hope because we know that the uh, children of Israel um, it says that he he didn't pick them because they was numerous. Like they wasn't like the the most powerful, you know. They didn't have it all, you know. So that that's what I want to talk about is uh why we can have hope because many of us we're not perfect, we're not the most intelligent, you know. Um, we're the, we're not the most holy or the most righteous. There, I mean, pretty much a lot of things we can look back on our life and say, Father, why? Why did I do that? You know, why did I do that? And we we look when we look at our ourselves and our own flesh fleshy nature and who we are. We that's that's the center center part of us, you know, or the the part we're saying. I want I don't want to say it's really part of us, but it's it's sin, you know, that uh, especially those who who do not know the Father, you know. It's sin. It's sin throughout the whole world. Sin. Romans five eight. It says that uh, God, our Father, you know, He demonstrated His own love toward us. And this it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So this Romans five eight is actually similar to this Deuteronomy seven seven, where it says the Lord did not set His affection on you because you were more numerous than other people. For you was the fuse of them all, you know. Um, and it goes on to verse 9, it says, But therefore know that your God, he is the faithful God, keeping his covenant for a thousand generations and keeping those or loving those who keep his commandments. And that, in relation to the Romans 5, 8, is that, again, we see our Father, who was, who was sovereign, full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, Especially for us, you know, and even though we was far away from them, we didn't. Some of us we didn't want to hear nothing about it. Um, some of us heard it, we we still didn't care. But it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, in the midst of us uh, being short and at least, guess our Father, He still loves us. He's He's not expecting us to uh, have the most money or to be the uh, most intelligent. Actually, the scripture says that our father uses the foolish thing to confound the wise, you know. So he's, uh, that's why we say the scripture says that we say I'm strong, that the poor say I am rich, you know, because the father, he's always searching. Um, he's always picking whatever is less, whatever has been used, whatever has been beat up. He's like a uh, restorer, like the, the the people. I have a friend. He uh he uh, restores cars, 
So he'll take those old rusted cars, like those old Chevys, and he probably old Fords, and he'll um, he'll order the parts, he'll upgrade them, and he'll paint them, and from everything from the interior, the uh, take time restoring those vehicles about how how they were previously. And that's the whole purpose of our father. He wants to take things and restore them. So just like he's restoring everything in the nation of Israel, he wants to restore us too. He wants to restore us back to him. He wants to uh, restore us to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants to restore the things that concern us, um, our finances, our our health, our our um our knowledge, whatever it may be, he wants he wants to restore it, you know. And and he all of this um <clears throat> restoration, you know, of course is for his glory, but even more than that, you know, we have to look at it Excuse me. We have to look at it as individuals and give them more glory, give them more praise, give them more honor, give them more adoration. You know, not just for the things that he has done, but just because of, of who he is and and what he is doing. You know, and another aspect of uh, this restoration of, of the Father restoring Israel. And I believe it's, it's still many things to come. Is um, also it's a symbol of our Father's promises. Um, that His promises are true. That we can count on them. This um, just like after a storm, you know, after a storm, guess what you you will see in the sky? You know, the the thing with all the colors, the rainbow. Yes. So after every, when the storm or when it rains, sometimes you see you can see the uh, like a reflection of the rainbow in the water, or sometimes you see the bowl in the sky. Sometimes there's two bowls, or I don't seen three bowls where it's in the sky. You know, Genesis chapter nine verse thirteen says, "I have set my bow," or some translation says, "rainbow in the in in clouds," and it will be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. Um. I thought that was amazing because it says between me and earth, um, our father, he he not only makes covenants or promises to people, but he made it to the earth, which is not even a, um, well, I guess it, it is alive in some, some form say, or, or fashion, but he made a covenant between him and a object. That right there is uh, you know the scripture: All creation yearns and waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So uh, the earth, you know, just like we hurt the earth, the plants, the flowers, the birds, the rocks. It says the rocks will cry out. You know, but all all of them, that part of nature, that part of creation, they're they're wanting to be restored to us. They're wanting wanting to be restored also, just like we want to be restored. So our fathers made made a covenant with the birds. He he made a covenant with the flowers and the rocks. And he says, I'm going to bring you back to your purpose. And 
flowers and all those kind of things, you know, are, are clothed so preciously, you know, and those are just flowers. What about you? What about you? So is, is anyone who is lacking or is in, in a fear or in doubt, just think about that. Just think about your father making a covenant to the earth, but he also made a covenant and promised to us that he's going to restore all things and bring all things back, you know, even though right now we're the thing. Actually, uh, this scripture also, the scriptures of the restoration of Israel, another way to look at it was is um, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when Jesus came from what? Death to life. So we see the nation of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 37 where they were dry bones. They were basically dead. They came from death to life and then they had the bodies but then they still needed the spirit breathing to them which is the very presence of our Father, the Holy Spirit. You know, so after Jesus came from death to life, guess what came? The Holy Spirit. So all of these right here, they're they're connected with each other, and they're they're symbols for us to look at, to bring us hope, to bring us peace, to bring us joy. Um, all of these things, you know, the the crazy the crazy thing is uh, this move that the United States government made when they recognize. Uh, Jerusalem as the capital, it, it's, very, it's not a very popular move. Um, many of the countries, as a matter of fact, is, it may be only two or three countries that actually are, are going to support America in that. And the rest of the world is, I think, believe it's over 200 or something nations, at least. It might be more than that, but um, support this move. <laughs> you know, and of course, only one of them the United States is uh has all, all the weapons you know, so it's, it's, um they're they're like on the world power right now, you know. So they can do a lot of things they have a lot of maneuvering to do, you know. But in that same time and all this kind of stuff it it uh it creates tension among the uh, other na- nations. And like, okay, why are we doing this when all the rest of the world is not doing this? This is going to cause a war, <laughs> and it's not—it's not going to be um, a nice war. I mean, just imagine everyone coming up against Israel, everyone coming up to the United States if we stay with Israel. That's—that's that's a doesn't sound like a thing, you know. And this brings me to the scripture Matthew twenty-four, another scripture that I want to talk about. Um, and I actually want to start off. Uh, that's the very first verse. It says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away with, when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to his building. And then, do you see these things? He said, truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. And as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and when will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age? Um, 
that right there, I'll talk about that just in a second. Uh, a lot of times we talk about, oh, man, the world is coming to an end, but we have to look at it differently. It says the end of an age. So um, some of the historians believe in the ice age. The world was an ice age, so we have that age. Or there was uh, the dark ages, if you heard of the dark ages, or you heard the heard of uh, right now we're in the uh, what they call the information age, or they would say one time we were in the stone age. I don't know about that one or not, but ages means just like a transfer from one period of time to another period of time. So before we was in this uh, information age, I believe we was in what's called the industrial age. All right. So I, I say all these things. It says the coming of the end of the age. So this right here is not talking about the end of the world, but it's actually a transferring from one time to another time. So whenever someone say we we're in the end times, we're basically the end of an age, except it's a very significant end, you know. So verse 4 says, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. But we see that going on. You will hear wars and rumors of wars. But see that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will not rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birth birth pains. And all of these things right here, actually, if you look at at least over the last, since the 1940s, probably even before that, but a lot of these things have been going on and increasing. Significantly, even if you watch the news, you see Hawaii, they have an earthquake and volcanoes, you know. Um, this is verse 9, it says, uh, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Now, that right there is um, something that in America we, we don't really deal with right now. Um, we might have people like that use languages against us, like harsh languages against believers and Christians. And even people are trying to pass legislation, you know, where you can't say certain things or, or minister or preach on certain things. But in many of the other countries of the world, like in North Korea and China, um, actually it's a ministry called the 1040 Window and another one called the Voice of the Martyrs. And there are Christians from you're Asian Christians, Arab Christians, Persian Christians, um, Indian Christians, uh, Christians in Brazil, and all these other nations. I mean, they they right there, they're getting persecuted. Um, their their family disowns them. Like if someone says, "Okay, I want to be a Christian or believe a Christian," they have to listen. If they get a hold of the Bible, they hide it. Um, even in some places, the government is is against them, and people are locked up in jail. They're tortured. They're starved. Um, some of them are killed. It's all these. And so, a lot of times we're waiting for the the, tri- the great tribulation or whatever uh, scripture, but we need to be praying right now because it's brothers, our brothers and sisters in Christ. They're suffering right now. They're they're going through it. I mean, everything that the scripture says about this going on in, in the Great Tribulation or however your theology is on that, about people being beheaded and all that kind of things, a lot of those things are happening now. Most of the world, most of the world, like where the greatest populations are, 
America, we, we have a, a, a big population, but a lot of those other countries, their population is much larger. So you have Christians on a hideout. They're having Bible studies in secret and all these kind of things because they're hiding from their government version of their FBI or their government version of the police. And in a lot of the churches in, that are in some of those communist countries, they're like very highly government controlled, you know, so they only can really say what the government allows. So we need, we need to keep them keep them prayed up, you know. Um, that was verse 9. Um, verse 10, it says, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray each other. They will hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and see people. And because of the increase of wickedness, the devil most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will preach to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So um, right now we have uh, Dorothy Carruthers. She's actually part of this, this this scripture right here. It says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world. So this right here with technology, like a lot of those countries that I told you where they, they um, don't allow things in. Well, this is one way they can get in, but they got they kind of like how to hack their computers to get some of that stuff or send files, send, like send electronic Bibles um, in their own language, you know. Actually, there's people like people smuggle drugs into this country or people try to smuggle people in this country. People are smuggling Bibles into other countries. <laughs> you know, and there's some of them get caught and they get arrested, so we need to pray for them people. But the gospel is being preached everywhere. And it's going to all the nations, you know, it's going to all the nations, all, all, the, all of them. So this right here and these things is going on and all this chaos, we need to be encouraged and um, we need to pray. And a lot of times we want to pray for peace, but this scripture right here, this passage I read, it said it's, it's going to be wars. So do I, do I pray against the wars? I think what you... Um, you can, but I think a more effective effective prayer would be to pray f- for our soldiers who are in here, that you would pray for their protection, and also for the soldiers on the other side of the banner, that they will come to know uh, Christ, because they 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 um, have people in their country that are, it might actually even be some in the army, but they're forced to fight in the army that are, that are believers. So in a sense, you almost have believers fighting believers, but they're under the country, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of a, a tricky situation right there, you know. So I say all this, uh, that we will, uh, we will be focused, that we will be encouraged, that we will have hope that our Father in Heaven is going to bring a restoration to all things. And our main thing is we, we uh, get these scriptures and we and we focus on them, and we focus on them in light of what we're seeing on television, you know. Because sometimes when you watch TV, it could get disheartening, you know. I mean, we already have enough individual problems on on our own, but then when we start looking at, oh man, what's going on in the world? It's like the whole world, the whole world is messed up. My neighborhood is messed up. My city, my community is messed up, you know, and. Of course, without Christ, everything is messed up, though. Everything is messed up. But uh, with Christ, things can be restored. Uh, Just like the dry bones in Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, just like Christ was resurrected from the dead, and just like many of us, 
who have been called out of darkness into his wonderful light. And just like the nation of Israel is being resurrected right now as, as uh, we speak, you know. So we should look at those, all of those things as promises, you know. Just like the, the world and the flowers I talked about the earlier and the birds are waiting for the promises to be fulfilled, we too should wait like them, wait in prayer, wait in fasting, wait in studying the word. Um, and that was, that was my last scripture I had uh, for this evening. I hope um, you were able to get something. This was able to, able to encourage you despite everything that's going on with the injustices going on in the world and the things that can cause a lot of hope and discouragement. Um, hey, Dorothy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I think it's very encouraging everything that's going on with Israel because it's it is the fulfillment as of a promise, one of Father's promises. And today I read a news article that uh the American Congress of course it's none of our business what Israel does, but we like to stick our nose in. <laughs> is gonna actually uh designate one of the areas that have been being fought over as officially Israel's. And, of course, I think it was the Gaza Strip. I I might be wrong on the particular area. But, okay. But I don't understand why we think we have the right to say, okay, Israel, you can do this, you know, because that's a sovereign country, you know? Yeah, yeah they, they, they have their, uh, well, um, America, they tried, to, and I'm not I'm not sure what the motivation is for, but with a lot of the countries, they try to um, control or did like what they did with Iraq and um, Saudi Arabia and some of the uh, things in, in South America. But now we see it in Israel, where America is, is trying to tell these other countries what to do. And I think one of one of the things that'll help us out is. Um, Sometimes we look at the uh, countries, and they do have an important part in the governments of the world. They have an important part. Um, they have all their conspiracies and all their things. But we had to remember the uh, the father. He, he's the ultimate one beyond, and he's moving all the pieces. Even though um, the Romans said that they was uh, they the one who put them on the cross, and the Jews was the one who said that they they was the one who uh, took them secretly at night. But uh, Jesus said, "Hey, y'all think y'all doing all this, but I'm the one who uh, I'm the one who chose to do all this, lay it down on my life." And we can see that in comparison to what's going on. Like it's like um, it's like uh, a parent and their kids, and like the kids thinking they're doing all this big and bad stuff, but really the parent is the one in the background. Our father, he's in the background, and he's he's uh, he has already set up the limitations of what man can do, and they're operating within that. Um, trying to control each other and trying to just do different things, even though Israel is its own person within itself. But for some reason, I'm not sure why America thinks, or I guess they've been doing that for years, where they can manipulate things like that. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's none of our business, you know. <laughs> and personally, I'd like the, the CIA to just go away because they just. They do too much bad stuff. I don't know if they can be healed. I suppose if Father wanted them to be, they could be. But 
They just get us in so much trouble. Weren't they behind the Arab Spring and destroying countries, economies? And... Yeah. I'm pretty sure oh, they have goodness. their hand in a whole lot of things. You know, sometimes um, you see on the news where they say one thing, but really it's something else been happening in the background. Um, this is it's a whole lot of um, different uh, conspiracy theories, and a lot of them actually aren't conspiracy. They're actually they're true, but we put them under the title of the uh, conspiracy. <laughs> but they, they really they're there's real things that are really happening. But no matter what what they're doing or conspiring, we have to remember that we are, are more powerful, and not because of us, because we're just as weak as them. But because of uh, Christ and our Father in heaven, we can say that we're strong. You know, so we can pray against all their shenanigans. Just that it's hard to pray against the shenanigan if you don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the one thing. It's hard to pray against. Sometimes you might be praying against the will of the Father, not knowing it. But one of the, one of the good things is our Father. He always he uh, is sovereign. He he can say no. He say no, or let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. To like to podcast like this and other other teachers, you know, oh no, that you have on that I uh, can and teach and direct people how to uh, pray pray effectively. And we as uh, here in America right now, we're fortunate where we can pray in public in person. Even though there's some there's some fight against that, they took the Bibles out of school with the prayer and all this kind of stuff, and they constantly trying to take the things that are uh, spiritual and true out. You know, for everything that's that's not like God, you know. But um, right now we can we can still pray, and we we can still have something to say on this earth, you know. And I I believe uh, right now is a critical a critical time for us to um, to be on our knees, whether physically or spiritually. You know, you don't have to actually get on your knees, <laughs> but just humble yourself before your Father to pray to pray. For for the legislation and all that kind of thing that's going on. <clears throat> and the revealing of all the shenanigans. I would love to yeah. see North Korea reunified. I, I know a lot of the younger people don't understand that whole thing that's going on, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. that would be nice if they could reunify and yeah. and get their people out of that communism garbage and it's amazing yeah. how many people do not understand that communism is bad. It's, it's yeah, it's a it's a lot of I know. actually that's one of the countries where a lot of Christians are persecuted. So. Yeah, because they don't want anybody having more power than they do. Even though the reality is, Father has power; they don't. They just think they yeah. do. But yeah, but do you remember? You're about my age, right? And and you remember, we knew communism was bad. We were always fighting against communism with our military and this, that, and the other. And now it's yeah. like we're we're accepting it into our own government. Yeah, it is. And actually, uh, that that right there is um, like oh, another topic. Like with the, the communism and democracy, and actually the United States, even though it's a democracy, but we're actually. Uh, I wish I had my paper with me, but we're actually a, re- a republic, which is kind of different, right. different than uh, all these kind of stuff. That's one of the things that makes the uh, American government so special, because it, I believe it's the uh, 
if they could get rid of uh, our um, our constitution and all those bill rights and all that kind of stuff, we would be. They actually they want to get rid of that stuff, but it is very hard how how it's set up in place now. Even though I believe some of our fathers, they the, or the founding fathers of the country were were corrupt, but I believe our father he had some people. And there are some some people of vision who who served him to to make some of those uh, amendments and those bill of rights, you know. So, and I believe even back then, as was back then, it is it is a few people. It's a remnant, not very many. that's in the government, you know, just trying to trying to fight for us or let us know what's going on secretly. So, you just pray for them, keep them with up. Yeah. Yes, I think they referred to as white hats. <laughs> you know, there are white hats in this government. I remember that it was so easy in the old movies. You could tell who the bad guys were and who the good guys were just because they were, you know, what hat they wore. But <laughs> like Benjamin says, Dorothy, it's not that simple. I said, yeah, I know. However, comma, it would be nice if it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, I, I guess no. I'd like to uh, thank everyone for tuning in. What, you want to say something? No, nope, I was going to say it's time to close up. Yeah. Okay, well, I thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you again, Dorothy, for having me. Um, I'll, I'll close out in prayer. Uh, Father, we lift up our nation, Father, Lord. Um, we lift up the people. We have you placed in those different positions. Um, we actually we have space pray uh, a prayer for the believers, so Father Lord, who are in those positions that you continue to give them access, Father Lord, and revelation and insight, Father Lord, and help help the people of America, Father Lord, and all the other nations, the Christians throughout the world, the ones who are persecuted in North Korea with the communist government and and the China and all those nations of 1040 window and the nations in Africa, South America, where they can't have the gospel free, freely preached, where they have to sneak it, Father Lord. Help those people, Father Lord. Um, give them strength and encourage them, Father Lord. Uh, help the Bible to get over there. Help the gospel to continue to be preached. Help some of the rules and regulations to stop in the uh, the, the um, internet signals from coming. They will, they will not preach the good news. Help it to penetrate the firewalls or whatever it may be, Father, that um, someone can become saved, Father Lord, and know you and trust in you and become your disciple and lead many others to you, Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have a blessed all week, right. everyone. And you too. Yes. Junior and take some vitamin C for those allergies. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> All right, bye bye. <laughs> Good night, Jameer. Bye.